This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Breaking Down the Attitude Era. Today we're going to be looking at Season 6, Episode 25, June 22nd, 1998. And welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. As we are three days, I am taping this three days before Thanksgiving, man. I hope everybody's getting ready for the holiday, man. Getting time to spend with the people you love, bro. Um, you all deserve it, bro. You all deserve a break. You all deserve to be happy, bro. And I even hope that this little show puts a smile on your face because I got to tell you, man, when I go back and watch the Attitude Era shows, it really does put a smile on my face. And when I watch these shows, you know, man, there are things I would do a little bit differently. Um, I always look at it uh, from that perspective. But, you know, overall at the time, I know I did the absolute best uh, that I could. And uh, we are getting ready for the uh, the King of the Ring, man, which is about six days away from this show. Um, and as you know, the main event of King of the Ring is going to be Kane against Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. And we open up this show uh, with a very, 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 very rabid crowd. They are in Texas, bro. So they are Austin's people, man. And they are chomping at the bit and they are ready to go. And out comes Mr. McMahon and he introduces, uh, Austin's opponent, Kane. Uh, Kane comes out and Vince McMahon gives him the Vince Lombardi speech of all speeches. And he tells Kane that it's going to be the greatest day of your life at King of the Ring. Gone forever will be all those days of torment, a childhood that was nothing short of a living hell. The excess baggage you've carried with you into manhood. The excess baggage of rejection, ridicule, of scorn and abuse. These days will be gone forever. Vince tells him this Sunday when you become WWF champion will be your destiny. And no one can stop destiny, not even Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then Vince adds a little stipulation to this match. Keep in mind, bro, this is only six days away. Vince adds a little stipulation that this is going to be a a first blood match. The first person who bleeds loses the match. And we have a shot at Paul Barra watching from home. And we get his reaction. He was hurt last week, if you remember, by Taker. We get his reaction. And now this is a very, very, very significant point in time because Kane publicly speaks. And he takes one of those little microphones and puts it up to his throat and says, that if he does not beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, that he will set himself on 
fire. Now, guys, I talk about this all the time. We want to see the next show or the next pay-per-view or the next PPL because we don't know what the company is going to do. So Kane is promising to set himself on fire if he doesn't win the match. So one of two things is going to happen, bro. Either Kane's going to become the champion, and how in God's name are they going to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin? Either Kane is going to become the champion, or he's going to set himself on fire. Either way, bro, you got to tune in to see what the WWE does or the WWF at the time. This is what I tell you all the time, man. The unpredictability factor is a huge, huge selling factor. So a lot laid out right there. We know Austin's in the house. We know that Austin is going to join us a little later today, man. From there, we go to our qualifying matches at King of the Ring. The first match is Ken Shamrock against Mark Henry. Uh, when the referee's back is turned, Vader lays out Mark Henry due to their heat and their history. And basically, Vader feeds him back into the ring. And uh, Shamrock, who did not see this, hits Mark Henry with a belly-to-belly suplex to go over. So uh, Ken Shamrock is now one of the final, final four. From there, Kevin Kelly interviews Shamrock. And we also see Edge in the crowd. And the reason we see Edge in the crowd is because tonight we are going to see the debut of Edge. Is that not, where's my water? Is that not uh, unbelievable, guys? June 22nd, 1998. That was over 25 years ago, bro, and we are seeing the debut of Edge on this show. From there, we go to, um, you know, really, really a cold match. It was Dustin Rhodes against X-Pac. And with a little help from China, X-Pac goes over. Again, we are trying to get the Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Runnels character over. But man, bro, again, um, how are you going to come back from Goldust? Um, this was a creative problem. Um, you had such a just an unbelievable character in Goldust. Now you got to go back to uh, Dustin Rhodes. And listen, man, I love Dustin Rhodes. And, uh, you know, I mean, Dustin was in WCW before he came to WWE. But making such a splash as, as Goldust, man, to now um, try to top that, um, that was just going to be a very, very, very difficult task. But we are giving him the television time, and we are trying. From there, we go to Paul Barra at home, who saw what Kane said about setting himself on fire. And, and Paul Barra says, I know he'll do it. If he says he's going to do it, he'll do it again. How are they possibly going to get out of this match? 
From there, we go to Jerry Lawler in the ring, and he cuts a promo of Al Snow. And uh, he knows Al Snow is in the building, and he's calling him out. And uh, (laughs) Jerry Lawler instructs the crowd, look next to you. If you see a little old lady with two heads, that's Al Snow. Because Lawler knows that uh, Al is parading around as a little old lady. Bro, and it's funny, bro. This, this I think they, they just did as a rib, which was pretty funny. They randomly went back to Paul Bearer's house, and he's just eating snacks and drinking soda like an animal, which, which was pretty, 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 pretty funny. Al comes to the ring, gets in a, a little uh, back and forth with uh, Jerry Lawler and the head. Um, and he and he makes the comment, chickens don't have fingers either, but they sell them in restaurants. Get it, chicken fingers. But this is very, 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 very entertaining. And what Lola is presenting with Al is a little contract from Vince McMahon. And if Al Snow and Head can defeat Scott Taylor and Brian Christopher at King of the Ring, then he will get a meeting with Vince McMahon. And Al says, I get it. I don't get an appointment until I do the J-O-B on the PPV. From there, too much. Christopher and Taylor hit the ring. Al gets a little heat on them with the head. A cute, little, fun, entertaining piece of business. From there, we go to Kevin Kelly. He is outside the locker room of Stone Cold Steve Austin, man, waiting to find out what Austin has to say about the new stipulations. Again, guys, I'm a broken record every week, but everything is a cliffhanger, man. Everything is a cliffhanger to keep you there. From there, we go to Edge hanging out again as we get ready for his debut. We go to a second King of the Ring qualifying match. Mark Merrow against Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Sable comes walking down to the ring, extract, uh, um, gets the attention of Mark Merrow for just a second, which enables Double J to go over. I got to tell you a little story here, guys. Man, if you notice on this show, Sable is huge, and I mean absolutely huge up top. And what happened was at that time, I know uh, Sable took a little time off and and went in to get some uh, enhancements, shall we say. And when she came back, bro, she was absolutely huge. I, I, I mean, I honestly, I don't know how she would have been able to wrestle uh, with those babushkas. And I'll never forget. I'm like, I'm looking at Mark, and I'm like, bro, like, what, what happened? And Mark told me as a joke uh, while he was in the operating room with Sable and she was under anesthesia and the doctor was operating on her and putting in the enhancements that the doctor kept looking at Mark and Mark kept telling the doctor to go higher, 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 higher. Uh, that, that, that was Mark's joke. But the reality of the situation is 
the enhancements were too much. And she actually had to go back to get reduced. Um, but uh, yeah, bro, you you can see on this show, she's huge. Uh, from there, bro, we go to Paul Barra at home again. We check in on Paul Barra. Uh, Kane versus Road Dog is next. Billy is sent to the back. See, bro, this, this is an era where people were sent to the back. They were sent to the back, bro. So we tried to cut down on the interference as much as we could. But in this match, Kane chokeslams Road Dog and then um, tombstones him. And Kane goes over from there. We go to. Uh, Paul Bearer, again, let's get Paul Bearer's comments on the match. We see in the background the lights are flickering and something is going on. We don't quite know what, Um, even though us at home do exactly know what. We then have the debut of Edge against Jose Estrada. And Edge spears Estrada and then comes over the top rope on Estrada and his leg uh, connect with Jose Estrada's head. This was a shoot um, because he could not continue the match and they wound up stretchering him out. A 99.9%, I believe this was a shoot because with Jose Estrada in the ring, uh, no doubt that the game plan would have been to get Edge over absolutely clean. But, uh, you know, like I said, man, Hastrada took a took Edge's leg to the head coming off of the top rope. I bet you Edge got a little heat on himself for this, bro, because literally this is his first match on the WWE and uh, he, hurt, he hurt one of the boys. Um, he probably got a little bit of a... Uh, Tongue lashing in the back, I would think. I don't know, bro. That is strictly speculation. I don't know. But in his debut match, Edge goes over the mighty Jose Estrada. From then, we go to a next King of the Ring qualifying match, Dan Severn versus Owen Hart. And to keep all these feuds going, bro, uh, X-Pac lays out Owen. Severn goes over. Uh, the nation comes down. Owen is busted open hard way. So if you look at this King of the Ring tournament, bro, it would look like we're going to a Severn Shamrock final. That's what it would look like, bro. That is the tease. That is definitely what we want the um, what we want the fans to believe. From there in the ring, Rock cuts a promo on DX. DX comes out, and there is a huge pull-apart between DX and the nation that would last for a very, 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 very long time. From there, we go to another King of the Ring qualifying match, Triple H versus The Rock. China winds up DDTing The Rock, and then... Hunter goes to finish the job by setting up the rock with a pedigree, but rock low blows triple H and this enables the rock to go over. And then we have another DX nation brawl. So there's a lot of, lot of heat between these two teams. 
it looked like Triple H had the match won with the pedigree. But again, the low blow, the referee didn't see because he was trying to keep China away, uh, gives Rock the win. So Triple H is pretty much um, protected in this defeat. From there, where did we see? Where where did I miss this in my notes? I think I missed the way before. But this is what I talked to you guys about: never leaving the arena, man. Doing the same promos on the same interview stage, so everything is the same. We go back to Paul Barra at some point, and the Undertaker breaks into Paul Barra's house. And the Undertaker says to Paul Bearer, do you think I forgot where you lived? And in his own house, Undertaker beats the bejesus out of Paul Bearer, man. These are the things I love, and these are the things I miss. The off-campus shoots, bro. And the bottom line is, does it take a little bit more time? Absolutely, bro. Without a shadow of a doubt, it takes more time but it also embellishes the story and makes the story better. So now we go back to the building. Uh, Kane is going out of his mind because he saw what happened to his father, Paul Bearer, nothing he could do about it. And mankind is trying to restrain Kane by telling him, Uncle Paul will be all right. Everything will be all right. From there, man, we go to Mankind, who is sitting in the middle of the ring. He's got a match coming up against um, Billy Gunn. Mick cuts an unbelievable promo uh, on The Undertaker and talks about history, talks about Gettysburg, talking about shaking hands on the very field where 50 years later they had shed each other's blood. So he's talking about enemies becoming friends. And then Mick says to to, to Taker, I will urinate on your grave, you cowardly son of a bitch, Um, because they are getting ready for that monumental, unforgettable hell-in-the-cell match at King of the Ring. So there's the heat, bro, what uh, Undertaker six days prior did to Paul Bearer. From there, we go to a match with Mick Foley, Mick Foley and uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, uh, Mick goes over with the mandible claw. But, guys, you see, we're, we're, we beat. We beat Road Dog with uh, Kane, and we beat Billy with Mankind. Keep those two heels strong. But again, man, Billy and Road Dog are a tag team. So you can find an excuse, whereas if they're not together, there's going to be a little um, there's going to be a little weakness because they are not singles partners. So from there, we follow Mick backstage. He is looking for Kane. He cannot find Kane. From there, here comes Sable again, and she introduces Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin tells Sable to get to the back, and he's got a a little uh, um, message for Vince McMahon, and 
He tells Sable to put down this finger and that finger and bring this message to the back. And, of course, it was a double bird. Again, man, just a just a way to get Sable on the show. Uh, from there, uh, Austin cuts a great, great, great promo, man, about what's going to happen at First Blood Match. And he says he looks forward to sending Kane on fire. Because when he does, man, he's going to be there with his marshmallows, his little hot dogs, and his little beer, and he's going to have a party. At that point, man, Kane comes out to the stage. He stares down Austin. He does the uh, fire gimmick, but instead of fire, blood drops from the sky on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Very, very, very carry-like, bro. And Kane again puts the mic up to his throat box and says, this Sunday, that blood on you will be real. So that is the last sight we see prior to King of the Ring. And it's Austin just basically taking a blood bath. You know, guys, like I said, man, now this is the go-home show. This is the last thing we see. What is going to happen? You got one of two things. Either Austin gets busted open and Kane is the new WWF champion or Austin prevails and Kane does exactly what he says he's going to do and he sets himself on fire. So... Nice little go-home show, bro. Great little cliffhanger at the end of this show, man, as King of the Ring is only six days away. As I said, man, with the King of the Ring tournament, it is definitely a tease that uh, Shamrock and Severn are in different brackets, bro. And it looks like that is the match we are heading to. I don't believe that is the match we get, bro. As I said, man, I have not watched these shows since they were produced. So a lot of times, man, I don't know where we're going. I'm pretty certain, bro, we never had a Severn versus Shamrock. And I believe those were for reasons beyond my control. But, um, you know, again, guys, just storytelling character development you know man when 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 you've got interviews i'm sorry bro when you got promos like vince mcmahon up top and then mick foley with the cage down mick's cutting the promo in the cage at the undertaker man you just don't see promos like this anymore and if you do they're few and far between man i put out a tweet the other day the one thing i noticed with all these promos are Clichés, clichés, clichés. Wrestlers saying things that we've heard a million times. Clichés. If you if you stand aside the uh, Mr. McMahon and the Mankind promos on this show, there are no clichés, man. It is all original content. And I know with Vince, man, and Mick too, Bro, these guys didn't write down these promos. I can promise you that. They didn't write down promos. 
and they didn't memorize promos. They literally put themselves in the moment, knew what was going on, and cut the promos in full character that 100% met the script. That is what they did. Man, I just I just finished watching SmackDown. And, you know, first of all, L.A. Knight, uh, who, you know, is super over, but even a lot of his verbiage was cliche-ish. And then you get to somebody like Bailey, and, I mean, there is just nothing original. Nothing original, man. And this is, you know, granted, I put a lot of that heat on the producer because you really need to work with her on these promos rather than everybody just being dumb, stupid losers. But when when you watch when you watch today back to back with some of these greats who cut just some great promos, Paul Bearer, my God, bro. Um, the stuff he did from his home. Paul Bearer was a big guy, bro, a big guy. And the the physicality in this scene uh, goes above and beyond the call of duty. Um, and again, another thing that's just missing from today, man, shooting outside of the arena. I can't imagine, bro, if we would have never shot outside of the arena during the Attitude Era. Can you imagine all the things you would not have seen? You would have not have seen this um, Paul Bearer beat down in his house. Man, remember a couple of weeks ago, we had the Undertaker at the grave of his parents. DX invading WCW. None of that. You would have never seen any of that. And I don't know who made the decision in the WWE to no longer do these types of vignettes. I don't know who made that decision. But I can certainly tell you, man, the lack of them has certainly hurt today's product. So that is it, everybody. Looking back on season six, episode 25, June 22nd, 1998. Hey, guys, I also wanted to mention, I know a lot of you, uh, subscribe to our patreon as well and a lot of you are also asking for one-stop shopping vince can't we get russo's brand and our patreon tier over on patreon and yes we have made that available to you russo's brand is now available on patreon So if you want to do everything under one roof, bro, you have that ability. You can see the address right there on the screen. Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. That is it, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful, a great turkey day. I'll see you next time.